This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live show on Twitch. Today, you are joined by myself, Mr. Reese Reesius Robbins, Robinus, mm-hmm. Maximus Meridius the Third. It's appropriate. And this is my plebeian mm. worker of the fields, a receiver of the backhand. Yep. Your main man. Main man. My main squeeze. What's my Roman name? We're talking about Blood Angels. Uh, if you're, well, they don't really have Roman names. That's more of the Ultramarines, but they have like Gothic names. You could be Vlad. Nika. Not Vlad Nika. He's way too cool. <laughs> it's been taken. So if you're, your Dang. Blood Angels name will be <laughs> the Chupacabra. I marked him in there. <laughs> you could Always be the, the Goat Sucker. Sure. The Chupacabra. The El Chupacabra. Chupacabra. New name. And then I will be the Goat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Greatest of all time. <laughs> mm. So you're the Goat and I'm the Goat Sucker? No, no connection. Oh, what is the implication? <laughs> no connection here? at all there. Mm. So, of course, Frankie's not with us today, but we hope you enjoy the show. We've got a lot to go over. <clears throat> so my main navigator man, if you want to navigate over yeah. to the notes, we can get going. Oh, sure. But in, uh, in the chat, thank you for joining us for the pre-show chat. Always fun to joke around, talk about what's going on in the community. And first of all, wow, Las Vegas Open is less than two months away. That's mm-hmm. insane. But there's a lot to go over. So first of all, 40K championships sold out at 512. That is quite the milestone. Wow. Uh, We didn't even think that that was a possible goal like four years ago. Mm -hmm. When we were first setting out on the adventure of running the Las Vegas Open, we were like, oh man, 256 is going to be crazy. Like, what if if we hit 512? Wouldn't that be nuts? And it was like a dream. We were like, okay, there's no way. You could ever get that many people. I don't think we even had that many people for the entire attendance for the first Las Vegas Open. It was about 500. Right. So now yeah. one of our events is one at 512, which is pretty pretty insane. It is. It's it's we're really proud of the accomplishment, but of course, we didn't do it by ourselves. It's mm-hmm. a huge team effort and everybody right. that comes to the event makes it possible. So we really want to give a a heartfelt and sincere thank you. Yeah. To everybody that's put their trust in us, that's willing to take vacation time. Um, take time sometimes away from family, sometimes with family, but to basically interrupt your busy lives mm-hmm. to come and participate in this event because we made history. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy. Uh, really excited. And if you didn't get your ticket, don't despair. Sign up for the wait list. The link is in the show notes. With an event this big, it's like guaranteed people are going to drop. It's it's going to happen. And we'll email you on the wait list, letting you know as tickets become available. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you get lucky and you get one. Um, There's no guarantee that you'll get a ticket, but I'm I'm willing to guarantee that tickets will become available. But you're going to be competing with other people to get those. Um, And then, too, if you just want to throw a caution to the wind, uh, if you just show up, you might get lucky and and, and get into the event. Usually people do. Walk-ins usually make it. But, again, there's no guarantee. 
and it would suck to get turned away if you went if you to all only, that time. You only it. came for that. Yeah. But there's so much more stuff to do. Even if even if you came to Las Vegas Open without signing up for any events, there's so many other activities going on. There's the Exhibitor Hall. You know, you have Forge World, Privateer Press. You know, Shapeways is coming out this year. We have all these cool vendors that are just to, you, you know, go and hang out with. We have the Demo Zone. Huge name guys. Fantasy Flight Games are going to be demoing Legion there. Uh, all throughout the weekend, there's hobby classes. There's just so much just to do, and it's Vegas, you know. So. It's just a good time. Like, if you were to only get a convention badge to get you access to the event, you're, you would have stuff to do all day, every day. Yep. There's open gaming. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of seminars. Yep. Uh, you'll be able to come on a Thursday night seminar to listen to Games Workshop. They're going to be unveiling mm -hmm. new all kinds of new stuff. Yep. Like, if you went to the Nova Open uh, Thursday night seminar, it was freaking awesome. Yep. They announced the next, like, seven codexes. Um, they talked about Necromunda. You got to see pictures of it before anybody else did. And all that stuff's going to be included with your con badge. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you said, there's the hobby classes. Um, we still have some room left in like Angel Geraldez's classes. Yeah, They're all just Big about deal. sold out. But he's widely regarded as one of the best, arguably the best miniature painter in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, famous for kind of putting Infinity on the map really right. with their miniatures. Great, great dude. And he's super pumped to come to Vegas and party and have a good time. So yeah. there's going to be just a whole bunch of like who's who from the hobby there, right? <laughs> the miniature wargaming guys are going to be there. Miranda, who's a mini wargaming girl. Um, just wargaming. Oh, sorry, wargame girl. Yeah. Um, Adam from uh, the, uh, what's it, the Dice Abide? No, no, no uh, yeah, he will be there too. Yeah, so, but there's also. There's going to be a ton of people. Adam yeah, Smasher. Adam Smasher. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Adam Smasher will be there. Um, I think Carl Tuttle will be there from Independent Characters, I believe, he, one night at least. Yeah, we hope uh, so. I think he's going to make it. The uh, Big Nasty Bee and Robo yep, the guys from Life After the Cover Save will be yeah. there all weekend long doing what they do best, which is just be awkward and smelly. So, and awesome. I think and they're awesome gonna, too. They're going to be giving. third. Um, we have them signed up to be giving a, uh, a, a seminar on setting up and running a podcast too, which I know a lot of people are really curious yeah. to learn more about. So long story short, even if you don't get into the 40K champs, which mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you do if you wanted to but missed out, uh, there's still a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, tons and tons to do. And of course, next year for the Las Vegas Open 2019, uh, when those tickets go up for sale, don't wait because obviously the event is hitting that ceiling. <laughs> that we didn't even think was a possibility uh, just a few short years ago. Right. And now okay. we're already starting to think about what it would look like if we were to go to 1024, yep. which is insane. What are we, like now I believe it's possible. Now, now, you know, now it's not just a pipe dream. I'm like, what will it be like when we do get to 1024? When you have over a thousand people playing one tournament at the same time. We might have to get the Guinness world record people out there That'd because be awesome. one, it would break. Well, we already broke the record, but two, yep. probably the loudest wah. Oh, that'd be the most time. obnoxious thing of all time. But I think they do that like games day and stuff, yeah. so it might be hard to beat that. Well, but, like, you know, if game day was fun the first time, but then yeah. there's guys who are like, "It's time to wah," and you're like, "Dude, I'm wad out. Yeah. I've wad all the wahs I want to wah." Right. And now I, I just want to like play. You know who like, loves doing that is Dave from Mini Wargaming. Some people he will get the room going. Yeah, like, but yeah. he's he's got the charisma for that. You yeah, know? but. I remember there was a, I was trying to teach this kid how to play uh, 40K at the last LA Games Day. Yeah. And just being nice to this young kid, he was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, I remember what it was like to be where you're at right now. And this guy kept coming over. He's like, wah, dude, wah. I was like, bro, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Right. And then <laughs> he did punch him. And the kid was like, daddy. Like, <laughs> I was like, this he punched his dad. It was his dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got one for everybody. He's like, dang it. And that was last year that they did the LA. The LA. Uh, Shut down because yeah. of yours truly. Yep. 
That's a really did, depressing story. I did not Jeez. strike anybody's father <laughs> or any GW employees. <laughs> so, oh. Uh, oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and that is nuts. I mean, I, I eventually, I believe that we will eventually hit ten twenty four, and that's yeah, insane. In a couple of years, you know, it's, the cool yeah. thing is that because it's it's exponential. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, we'd only have to add one round to the event to go up. Do you um, think we would have a start on a Thursday? No, um, what I think we would do is we would do, we would start the single elimination rounds on Saturday mm -hmm. so that, that the only the people would play round four on Saturday would be the people that were in the top 16. Got it. And then the final eight would be on Sunday. Okay. And I think that that's more reasonable so that everybody else would play six games and then the, 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 the people who go the distance could play as many as 10. Right. And then maybe run like a two, a two day GT. Um, well, you just we would still do a Sunday PDA. RTT on, on right. Sundays because we wouldn't have to change our structure very much. But you know what? That's yeah. next year's issue. Right. For See, this we're already year, thinking. I know. Well, we have we're to. always thinking a year ahead. Yeah. We always we have to. But for now, hey, come be a part of, of history. Mm -hmm. We broke the record again for attendance and just super excited. Also, the Infinity events at the Las Vegas Open sold out over the weekend. And the Infinity community was, wow. was bummed because a lot of guys were dragging their feet, as people do. I get yeah. it. I've done it myself. And a bunch of people were like, oh, I wanted to come. Yeah. So I talked to the event organizer, um, and Joel said that he could handle as many as 10 more. So we put 10 more tickets in, and we're already down to two left. So, uh, and that was yesterday. Right. So if you want to play Infinity at the Las Vegas Open, uh, please grab your tickets, because it looks like we'll probably be sold out by the end of the day. I would imagine by the week's end, if at the latest. And that's that's great. We're, this is going to be the most people we've ever had for Infinity. It's uh, quickly turning into quite the event. Right. Uh, and the War Machine and Hordes package sold out, too, over the weekend. If you want to come and participate, we still have quite a bit of space. But uh, those three-day passes are probably going to sell out uh, before the event is uh, upon us. Yeah, we're getting close. Yeah. And in other news, uh, the Warhammer community page announced that the Shadespire... Uh, grand tournament circuit is going to be coming to the United States and that one of the premier events is the Las Vegas Open. So if you want to play Shadespire at the LVO, the ticket <clears> is <throat> super cheap this year to just get kind of introductory period. Mm -hmm. It's 10 bucks and it covers two events. It's like the most cost-effective uh, ticket that we have wow. at the Las Vegas Open. It was just because it's a brand new game. We right. want to get people excited. <clears throat> so for 10 bucks, you could play in either or the Friday or Sunday tournament or both. Uh, it's up to you. And the... Uh, GW staff's gonna be running it. So uh, uh, Geek uh, Geek Jock Pete is his Twitter handle, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly. He's gonna be coming out to uh, to run it, great guy. And uh, I'm expecting it to be quite popular. Uh, the Grand Clash in the UK, I think hit almost 100 people. Wow. And we're over 30 already, mm -hmm. which I'm pretty stoked with considering that it's a brand new game. And there's really been, I don't, there's been maybe a couple Shadespire events in the United States so far. Yeah, I think we'll be the largest to begin with. I believe and so. It's so. going to be kind of a good, I don't know, just kind of a good indication of how the game is going to be in the in the competitive U.S. market. I feel. Yeah, and uh, I, at least I, getting started. It's a it's a great game because you only have to get a couple miniatures. Yeah, the game's easy to play. Mm -hmm. You do a tournament in a day, and uh, you play best two out of three. It's yeah. really fun, and uh, a lot of the staff here really enjoy the game. So, yeah. if you're interested and you're curious about it. Um, you can come and get a, a ticket at the event or pre-reg, which always makes it easier for us because we know how many people to expect. And uh, it's only 10 bucks. Get out there and see it. You know Games Workshop is going to bring a lot of prize for it because yeah. they want this game to succeed. And it seems like it is already. 
Yeah, they ran the Age of Sigmar tournament last year, um, and they they came at it pretty hard with the uh, the prizes and the trophies yep. and everything. So yeah, if you're if you're interested in Chase Bar, I would recommend it. Yeah, and there will be more of those badass Forge World uh, trophies. The Games Workshop is committed to bringing more of those this year. So if you're playing the Age of Sigmar or 40k uh, uh, championships events, you could get your shot at winning a Forge World cast <clears throat> trophy. Pretty pretty cool. Um, they're really really fancy trophies. So Dark Angels, they are the new uh, upcoming 40k codex. Mm -hmm. Pretty exciting. Uh, Dark Angels was my first uh, army that I ever bought way, way, way back in the day. Went to a, a Games Workshop Cambridge. I was visiting my family over in uh, England and walked in and uh, picked up the Dark Angels captain, the first one. Remember the, yep. the one we was yep. holding the sword? They redid it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I picked it up and it was like love at first sight. Mm -hmm. I still have the miniature in the office. A um, little worn. It's gotten a lot of use over the years, a little chipped, but um, Dark Angels hold kind of a special place in my heart. I haven't played them that much over the years. Obviously got to play them a lot in the playtesting process, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I think that people are gonna like them a lot. Uh, can't talk about the fluff yet, but there's some really exciting stuff in the fluff part of the book, and you have to wait and see in regards to that, but um, they drop some pretty juicy uh, hints like what might be coming in there. Yeah, the uh, can't, I can't say yet, but I actually haven't read any of it, so I'm I'm pretty excited too. The, the, and the lion is, I hope what you're hinting at, because he's one of my favorite Primarchs from the Horse Heresy series. So well, you have to wait and see. But uh, the Blood yeah. Angels Codex was really cool because it talked about like what's happening in the Dark Imperium, mm -hmm. and uh, basically Dante is running the show over there. Like Gemon showed up and he's like, "You're in charge. You're cool." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, here's a bunch of Primaris Rings. I'm out." Yeah, I guess I got a bunch of crap I got to handle on the other side of the rift. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the Blood Angels are kind of giving you more of like a, you know, what the current state of affairs deal. And then the Dark Angels book is going to give you like some teasers and hints. Um, that part's really exciting. But from a rules perspective, uh, Games Workshop dropped a bunch of hints mm -hmm. from us. Uh, they showed us some stratagems, Warlord traits, etc. The first one I think is is probably one of the, the best stratagems the Dark Angels got, mm -hmm. if not the best one. It's weapons from the Dark Age, and basically you can increase the damage characteristic of a plasma weapon. So Dark Angels, I don't know when, I think it was around like 3rd edition or 4th edition, they got the, the plasma marine thing. Right. I don't know why or whatever, but that became their thing. And so that's just kind of part of the, the, the culture of the Codex, I guess, of the faction. So GW's kind of doubled down on that year over year. Right. And uh, <clears throat> now they have a stratagem for one CP, you can increase the damage of, of plasma weapons. So you can already start to think of all the ways that that's really pretty The cool. combinations with some of the other things that they've hinted at already. Yeah. yeah. So obviously the one that jumps to my mind first is Hellblasters, Primaris Marines. Right. They all, each one of them has a plasma weapon. Yep. The um, inner Inceptors, the, the jump pack guys can take plasma options. A lot of people don't actually know that. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's, it's D3 shots each. They have two D3 plasma shots. They can make really good use of the stratagem. Obviously, Black Knights, uh, excuse me, they all have plasma talents. Mm -hmm. They can make really good use of it. Um, one of the ways that I found to be really effective was a command squad in a drop pod with Asriel, mm -hmm. you know, with a banner, because um, they're also known for having cool banners in the right. Dark Angels. And uh, their banner bearer, their banner bearer has an extra cool thing, that like really cool thing that mm -hmm. it does. Can't spill the beans just yet, but... Pretty soon. So, so you're saying if you have a Dark Angels uh, veteran with banner, start painting that bad boy up. Yes. Okay. You, he'll be in, in my, I think, 
pretty much all the Space Marine armies, their banner is like one of the best things they have. Right. Right. Like the standard of the Emperor Ascendant is one of the best relics out there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And all it does, what well, it gives you a fearless bubble and it lets you do your uh, act again on a three plus instead of a four plus. It's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. The Blood Angels banners are freaking crazy. One of them gives you a five up, feel no pain. Do, they, do you know if they let Primaris Ancients take those special banners? They do. Okay, cool. Yep. So like if you wanted to go the Primaris way, you yep. could. Okay. I or or you could take a regular company Ancient right. and do the same thing. Um, and then, of course, uh, you, you could expect some other banners in there. But just the regular Dark Angels banner is the best one by without any like relics or anything like that. Right. And you'll see <clears> why. <throat> but um, like what I was driving at is one of the things that worked really well for me playing Dark Angels was uh, I would take, because Azrael is one of the best chapter masters in the game, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, for the points, for what he costs, for what you get, and for how good he is in melee, he's incredible. His only downside is that he's slow. Yeah. So what I found worked really well was go full hog, take one drop pod with him, a command squad, the banner, um, Asmodai is really good, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ezekiel is really good. Put them in there so that they can drop down, and then you have other units drop down they can take advantage of Asriel's uh, four plus plus bubble, mm-hmm. and then you start popping the stratagem on units. Uh, it's it's really really effective. Um, Inceptors work great with that because they can drop down next to Asriel, take advantage of the invul save, and there's all these other buffs that you can get too. And it plays really similarly to my um, Raptors Space Marine Army. Mm-hmm. It's a similar principle. It just has different strengths and weaknesses right right because asriel gives you the full reroll aura mm-hmm. so then your plasma guns are going to be more likely to hit you bust that stratagem now you can be doing like three even four damage on some of these guys um you have a a, a night a dark shroud fly up giving a minus one to hit they also have an invul save mm-hmm. their defense is excellent yeah. and then once they're in position then they start rerolling ones on their own if uh, asriel needs to run off run over and go chop something in half uh really really cool um stuff so Getting excited for the Dark Angels. Some of the other stuff that they showed, um, uh, they have excellent psychic powers. Very different than the Blood Angel psychic powers. I'll throw that out there. Their, their school of powers is, is very much like debuffing, mm-hmm. whereas the Blood Angels is very much buffing. Right. So it, they, the two armies play extremely differently. So uh, Trephinition, or... Uh, yeah, I think. Trephinition. Yeah. War Charge 7, uh, roll 2d6, adding 2 to the test if you rolled a 10 or higher. Pick a visible uh, enemy unit within 18 inches uh, of the Psyker, and they suffer a mortal wound for every point that you go above their leadership. Right. So when you start putting in leadership debuffs, this is a, a, a damage power that has the potential to do like a ton of mortal wounds, like way more than normal. Usually you're kind of restricted to D3, maybe D6. This one could be potentially devastating under the right circumstances. Um, and then you'll want to look for obviously leadership debuffs in your army mm-hmm. to make it even more punishing. Right. On that one, uh, mind wipe. This is a crazy debuff. So you, uh, it's warp charge seven, and you pick an enemy unit, uh, an enemy model within 18 inches of psyker uh, that is visible to them. And then um, what you can do is you basically lower their weapon skill, leadership, and ballistic skill by one permanently for the rest of the game. Bonkers. Wow. Yeah. That is really powerful especially when you start considering that there's ways to stack other debuffs on your opponent like the dark shroud giving you minus one to hit for all dark angels units within six inches when you when you start stacking all these different debuffs you can really take away your enemy's ability to damage you right and that that is specifically for a model not a unit um yeah it's 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 the model so you want to pick characters stuff like that but it's great Um, if you're you know have somebody has this 
big monster character. You know, yep. Oh yeah, you're minus one. Now for the rest of the battle, sorry. Well, yeah, but yeah, you do it to like Magnus or uh, Gammon or you know whatever, uh, whatever the heck they're the thing is that's scaring you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, a what, anything that has a ton of guns or a ton of damage output. You right. can really you can really screw them over with right. that power. It's extremely strong. Uh, they show off one of the relics, the Lion's Roar. The Lion's Roar, it's it's not the most exciting relic in the world. It's 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 pretty tame, but not every relic is going to be amazing. But it's, it's a Kamiplaz that's Assault 2 instead of Rapid Fire 2. And um, nah, that's about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, it's is it, it's not bad per se. It's just probably going to be one of the less popular relics. Yeah. Some of the other relics that the Dark Angels get are really, really strong. Really strong. I, um, this is just the one that they showed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their other stratagems, Inner Circle. For one CP, it's very similar to the Blood Angel stratagem uh, that turns you into Death Company. This one turns you into Death Wing. Um, in my opinion, it's not as strong as the Death Company one, but it does give you some cool benefits because you get the Death Wing keyword. It makes you fearless, but you're a single model, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but anything that affects Death Wing now affects you. So until you get the book open and in front of you, you don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. But you can imagine somebody like Belial or someone right. like would have some effect on you. Maybe there's a banner that affects the Deathwing. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But then you, you, you would be able to trigger all those bonuses, right. which is why you would do it. Uh, Hunt for the Fallen. This is one that everybody's <clears> laughing, <throat> kind of laughing about. Not because it's dumb, just because it's like, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Basically, you pick an enemy character and like you can go interrogate them to get information about Fallen uh dark angels and uh, get benefits against them and it's cool and characterful and it may be useful for you it also it's, buffs it's that the whole up. like choose an enemy yeah. character and you get bonuses against that character you know? it buffs yeah. them too though just bear in mind okay. <laughs> just bear that in mind uh and then they talk about grim resolve which mm-hmm. is basically their chapter tactics mm-hmm. um you never lose more than one model from a failed morale check and you reroll once to hit if you don't move right yeah so it's it's really good and when you compare it like side by side to the Red Thirst, I would say the Red Thirst is the stronger chapter tactics, but Grim Resolve is really good. Yeah. Um, it just shows the opposites of the two times of armies, again, shooting versus melee. Well, because it, it's <laughs> the, the, the chapter tactic is supposed to reflect the background of the army, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily written strictly for competitive play. It's supposed to reflect the faction's backstory mm-hmm. and be good. So now this is obviously it's objectively a, quite a benefit, mm-hmm. right? Rerolling wants to hit without moving means you don't need a captain around you. Your guys automatically buff themselves. That's really good. Um, and then never losing more than one from a failed morale check is really good. However, if you're playing MSU playstyle, which a lot, which is it's honestly just better mm-hmm. in eighth edition, it's not going to come up as much. But when you do take full size units, it's going to be really really useful. Right? You know, you have the old version of a commissar. So. Uh, is it the strongest chapter tactic in the game? Uh, no, but is it really good? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's, it's nice. I, I would say on Hellblasters, again, because you can yeah. shoot the, the overheated shot or the, the oversized shot without the penalty, uh, or, or at least less likely you, you, to kill you yourself or take the You go to a 3% chance right. of dying from a 16 points. Right. Um, I, sniper scouts, well, helpful. Any, things that's not going to sit there and move at a distance. Yeah. There you go. So what I found you know. was the best part about this, because a lot of your, your best units don't take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. Some of your best units, like your, your Black Knights. Because um, they'll be moving. You're moving. moving. Yeah. Uh, your Nephilim Jet Fighter and your uh, Black Sword Fighter, mm-hmm. or, which are really good in my yeah. opinion now. Like they're, For the points in the Codex, for what you get, they're great. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of them, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not obviously going to take advantage of it. Anything that's moving mm-hmm. isn't going to take advantage of it. Um, so in that regard... Yeah. 
you may feel um, that it's not as great, but what I've found that it's really great for is your backfield units that are holding your back objectives, boxing people out from getting behind you, deep striking behind you. Mm -hmm. They self-buff and it's really useful. Yeah, Razorbacks, do they get, the vehicles also get grenades no, it's, uh, it's It's infantry and uh, dreadnoughts. Got it. So if you have a dreadnought in the back, uh, just like all Space Marines, although I think people are starting to ask <laughs> why don't Space Marine vehicles get their chapter tactics, everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think there's a good argument because for they, it. Because they don't have the same kind of targeting software. They need to update to Windows 11. The chapter taxes have. No, then they'd be screwed if they did that. So it's it's what I found is that your backfield <clears throat> units really benefit from it. Um, yeah. Like Hellblasters, Devastator Squad. You're going to see a lot of those in Dark Angels. I think so. Yeah. Plasma Cannon Devastator Squad's really good too. Right. Um, you know, your, your Sniper Scouts, your Tactical Marine Squad with a LAS Cannon that's mm -hmm. just there to take up space in the backfield, um, that they serve a really important function, and then they're just better at what they do, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. you don't need to leave anybody back there to support them. They're, they have really good morale control, and they have increased shooting. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's really nice for those units. For your Assault Forces, not as much. But uh, Dark, Dark Angels do have a lot of other stuff to offer you in that mm -hmm. regard. Uh, one of the other really cool stratagems that they showed off, Fortress of Shields. Uh, if you have, I think it's three or more models with Storm Shields, uh, you burn one CP. They're minus one to wound in the fight phase. Mm -hmm. That's extremely powerful. So you're going with like Deathwing Knights or uh, Deathwing Terminators with Storm Shields, Thunderhammer. Mm -hmm. And you go into combat with anything. Right. Anything. And it's going to become all of a sudden you're taking 16.6% less wounds. Right. And it's a dramatic increase in your durability. So mm -hmm. if you're fighting Magnus, now he's wounding you on threes instead of twos. Mm -hmm. um, if you're fighting, if you're going into like uh, just a crappy screen unit, who's probably wounding you on fives, now they're wounding you on sixes. Mm -hmm. And you have a two up save. It makes it. It creates a situation where your Terminators um, or whoever has the Storm Shields, you, there's other units that can get them too. They become extremely, vastly more durable. You're going to take a lot less damage, half as much damage in many cases, mm -hmm. so that they can go into those little chaff units or whatever and just blow them out. Yeah. Um, it's, really, it's a really, really good uh, stratagem. Yeah, we haven't seen too much yet on Deathwing. They haven't revealed too much, um, but it'll be nice to see them on the table again. It's been ages since anyone's really wanted to Termin run. Terminators well, in run general. Termin now, but it's been a while since anyone's wanted to run Terminators, um, and especially Dark Angels Terminators, which is really expensive. It's really been since 5th Ed when we were seeing Deathwing armies. It's been quite a while. Yeah. Uh, and then the last uh, <clears throat> Warlord trait that they show off, brilliant strategist. This is kind of like the, the gimme mm -hmm. uh, version for most people. Uh, on a five up, uh, you gain a command point back every time you use a stratagem. And then it also gives your Warlord one reroll. Um, mm. And I think it's uh, once per battle. You just get a free command point. So I think this is the one that most people are going to be drawn to because stratagems are, or command points are so important mm -hmm. in the game now. No, they do have some other excellent Warlord traits. So don't, um, don't feel like you have to take this one, but I think that this is going to be the most commonly used mm -hmm. uh, Warlord trait. Yeah. So uh, in other news, GW updated the Grey Knight and Tyranid FAQs. Uh, make sure to check it out if you play either of those numbers. You can go back. We're not going to okay. go through them all. But uh, basically, they answer a lot of questions regarding uh, you know, 
some of the things in Tyranids that were unclear, like Jormungandr, uh, if you try to charge but you fail, do you still count as charging? Yes, you do. Uh, so you lose your benefit for them counting as being in cover, etc. Uh, make sure to jump in there and read it if these are armies that you play or that you play against because you want to make sure that you understand uh, what's going on. The Green Knight FAQ is, is tiny, though. Basically, they just put a question in there regarding how they interact with Tyranids. Mm -hmm. So pretty straightforward. Uh, the ITC Champions missions have been updated. We updated those last week. Thank you so much for all the great feedback that we got. Most of the ideas that we implemented in the missions came from all of you. So thank you so much. You had a direct hand in shaping the missions. And these are what we're going to be playing at LVO. There might be some minor changes uh, taking into account uh, grammatical errors or clarifications. But generally speaking, these are the missions that you will be playing so you can start practicing. And to kind of give you a recap of what changed, uh, we clarified some of the language in the missions. It was ambiguous as to whether, uh, say, you picked Headhunter and your opponent Psyker killed himself with perils. Mm -hmm. Does that count or not? Yes, it does. And we changed the language to indicate that uh, if you pick one of those missions, anytime the model dies for any reason, you get the points. Right. Say their vehicle explodes and kills their own guys. Mm -hmm. uh, or we had a situation where someone used the the Valhalla in order where you shoot into combat, but you can hit your own guys. Mm -hmm. And they finished off their own unit of conscripts, thereby denying their opponent the Reaper right. and a kill point. And you're like, we're just like, no, nah, if they die, you get the points. Right. Regardless of how it makes it easy. Mm -hmm. um, changed some of the, we clarified language on a couple things like that. Threw in the updated two missions, Gangbuster mm -hmm. and um, Old School, and made some changes to those to make them to align with the, like a lot of the feedback we were getting. And I think it's, they're way better. Uh, for gangbusters, you get a point for every model with five or more wounds, or for every two models with two to three wounds that you take out in a designated unit. And then old school, we changed it to first strike, slay the warlord, linebreaker, and last strike, which is destroying enemy unit in the last uh, turn played, mm -hmm. not turn six necessarily, hopefully turn six, but the last turn played. Right. Uh, and that's an easy one that you can get against anybody. It's ubiquitous. And uh, fine-tuned some of the other um, secondary missions and reordered the the order of the missions so that it didn't go from the most objectives to the least we mixed it up and uh, so far the changes have been really well received so thank you very much to everybody who gave their feedback uh, i think that uh, we've got a pretty good mission set always room for improvement but it's it's, it's pretty damn good at this point yeah people seem to be liking him i think i'm gonna be trying one out tonight for one of our league games so yeah you gotta beat paul max oh it'd be a rough one in our league uh, you like an earpiece where you can like give me like sit on the table <laughs> i'm gonna have a camera up yeah. there i'm gonna be like all right, Jason. Right, just clearly is audible, like yeah. my earpiece. You just cough all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, sorry, Paul. I'm real sick. Paul and I are the only two people 5 0 in the league right now, and the people with the two top scores playing the finals. Yeah. So. Paul's 5 0, his last game begins 0 2. <laughs> so, and I've only played two games. You've been practicing, though. I have been. I actually You've have been, been practicing better. every night against Frankie or Reese. And, and you've been getting a lot And better. they've been playing against each other. So I'm like, a, I'm like, I guess, Afghanistan in this, right? And, and he's USSR and I'm American. Yeah, right. And there's a shadow war going on here. <laughs> but I'm picking things up as we go. So. so hopefully that doesn't result in another ISIS somehow. Right. Um, is that the rhino? Poor Paul's going to come in. <laughs> and just no idea what's happening. Yeah, so uh, if I can, my, my last game is against Frankie. So that's actually going to be a, a really hard game. Mm -hmm. And then Paul's got you for his last game. So <laughs> he, he, He's just skating too. Like he's just, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully, if you can defeat Paul, he's like he's like I gotta I'll be there at five. I got a dinner at six, so you know, <laughs> let's get this done really quick. Get it over with. Yeah. If I can beat Frankie, I'm pretty much guaranteed to get into the to the championship game. But we've got a couple of uh, guys that are starting to catch up on their games that are doing really well. Right. So, 
But Paul's my immediate hurdle that through proxy you must defeat. It's going to be a rough one, man. I don't know because my game against Frankie's going to be tough because his sister is, is going to be a really a rough matchup yeah. for me. We, Frankie should really do a, um, an article about his sister's army. It's such a brutal, good army, and he plays so well. Yeah, but you know what? That would involve writing and yeah. reading. That's true. You know, maybe we can just have, he'll just like explain it to somebody. Or like, how about he? How about he just explains it to one of those like talk on tape things where it records your. But we have to make it sound like Stephen Hawking's. Okay. You move your sisters forward and shoot the melta. Nice. Maybe he could it's do a new group that Maybe he could do um, draw stick figures. Yeah. <laughs> He's like little girl with uniform melta like, gun. Yeah. Oh. Bang bang shoots your gun. We oh, joke, Frankie. we joke, but man, that is a good army. Sisters of Battle, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Such a good officer. But then when you have an army with like 50 Melteguns in it, it's like, all right. <laughs> and the range, you know, doesn't really matter at this point anymore. Half the time he's like, do yeah. you want me to roll on me? You're like, no, I'll just pick my stuff up. Yeah. Oh, um, and then Celestine. Jeez. Celestine is ridiculous. Anyways, that's what, and I'm playing Celestine tonight. Paul, yeah. Paul has a super army. He's like, can we please play before the chapter approved? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I don't You're a gentleman. Well, matter. the thing is, like, Celestine gets better with chapter proof. He shot himself in the foot. Yeah. Because the strat Sisters of Battle stratagems are off the chain good. Mm -hmm. Like, crazy Well, I think his, his point good. costs change. It, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, because so. he uses conscripts and they went up to a, a point, mm -hmm. which, again, I think that's what they should have been from the word go. I know it's it's a, it's... It stings. People don't understand. I think it's just because the the change to the commissar happened as well, which was kind yeah, of like that. I mean, yeah. that was perhaps an over nerf. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they still work. You can still get conscripts to do what they did yeah. before. They should have never been three points though. They they really shouldn't. Like all the chaff units in the game, like termagants, uh, cultists. You know, not brimstones though. Well, brims are a different story. They should never ever have had a four plus and vulnerable save. <laughs> Like that was that was. I didn't think they were that bad until someone explained to me that you were essentially getting a a thirty wound monster that was sixty points that had a four up invul save, and I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That is like a one unit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, the invul save. I mean, I understand the logic. The logic was though the horrors all have a four plus plus, but mm -hmm. um, the brim for the points for the defense, it's just it's completely out of whack. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, conscripts yeah. uh, being four points. They should have always been four points. It's just it, it really upset people because it went from three to four after the cons after the commissar, after the commissar change. Thing, yeah. So it felt like just like a what the hell? Why didn't these happen at the same time? I, I totally get it, but we should have a conscript helpline, like where we just like <laughs> we'll take callers, we just cry, yeah, and we'll just you know, and and we'll just talk them down, yeah, off the cliff yeah. or the ledge. Well, the thing is, like the the conscripts are still an excellent unit. Like their defense is still really good for what you get. Mm -hmm. Like if you compare them to a cultist, their defense is infinitely better, right. especially when you factor in take cover, um, the fact that you can put um, plus one to their save from the psychic power. Yeah. You can get Celestine in the mix, start doing some goofy stuff. And they get, do conscripts get the regimental bonuses? They do. They do. So that's even better. Yep. So. And if you want, you can play Valhalla and they still are basically fearless. Yeah. And orders make them infinitely better than cultists. Well, and then cultists have vastly better offense. Then, then the con, then the conscript with because their weapon options. And stuff, yeah, yeah, they only have a six up armor save. Um, you can give them feel no pain with the slanesh yeah. ability, which makes them dramatically more durable. Yeah. But really, the cult, the, the the cultist is is offensive tool. 
right? You use the the cultist bomb strategy. That's sneaky. No, that that strategy is a bit much. Jersey Larry really screwed me over with that. Yeah, it's it's. I would say Chaos is still the strongest army in the game because of cultists. Yeah. Because of the tricks you can do with them, you know, with veterans of the long war, which they really shouldn't get because they're not veterans of the long war. You know, in the book, it's like Renegade Space Marines can't use Veterans of the Long War mm-hmm. because they weren't Veterans of the Long War. It says that. But then right. the guy who just joined Chaos because he got a wedgie at school and he's like yeah. pissed at the Emperor, he can do the Veterans of the Long War. Um, I think that is just clearly like an oversight. It, you know. it probably was. But I mean, it is what it is. And right for, for what it is right now, it's an incredibly powerful tool. Yep. So the, the Cultist represents vastly better offense with all the support. The Conscript represents vastly better mm-hmm. defense with all the support. And then the Gaunt, compared to either one of them, is worse, except when you consider the support that comes with it, because mm-hmm. the Gaunt's going to almost always be fearless, mm-hmm. and it will almost always be minus one to hit because of the incredibly powerful Malanthrope. Right, and regenerate. Possibly right. regenerating with a Tervagon. I'm still mm-hmm. one of the only people that thinks Tervagon's good, yeah. but I've used it in dozens of games, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, pro tip. Go yeah, I've seen, I've seen you hold up someone's like almost entire army yeah. by just regenerating yeah. more and more every turn. It's an, it's ridiculously powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's Pablo. If you if you go Kraken and you give him the minus one to hit, and then you make her your warlord, and she gets uh, minus one damage as she gets hurt, she'll be at minus two to hit with minus one damage after she takes a wound. Mm-hmm. You're never going to kill her. You're not even going to try. It's not even worth trying to kill her at that point. And then your warlord is safe back there, depending on what missions you play. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, the Gaunt pales in comparison to the three-point conscript, but on a four-point conscript, it's still not as good. Mm-hmm. However, at minus one to hit when fearless, yeah. now it is. I just I think all the chaff units barring Grotz really should be uh, four points. It's just a fair, it's a fair entry-level price point, and it keeps the games from bloating with too much too um, many models. Too many models. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I know people have d- dramatically different opinions. A lot of them have angrily informed me of them. Probably people who spent a lot of money buying, you know, like a lot of guardsmen. <laughs> well, the constructs, you they still yeah. you, they can still function the same way right. that you did before. They're just now at a more fair price point, right. in my opinion. And just use your guardsmen as infantry squads. I I actually only use infantry squads with my yeah. uh, my military detachments. I think I, better. I use one unit of conscripts, um, especially after that game I played with Frankie, and he blew through my screens too quickly. And that hadn't happened in a while, but Kraken Gene Stealers are freaking ridiculously good. Every time I play them, they move 20 inches and then charge. Wow. Yeah. So it's like your Eldar on foot. It, it is, much. but it's not stoppable, though. <laughs> okay. Because the Gene Stealers, well, as long as you can hide them, mm-hmm. you you bust the Kraken stratagem to double your advance, and Gene Stealers can charge after doing it. So he's oh, like, wow. you roll 3d6, double the highest. Mm-hmm. You have really good odds of rolling a 5 or a 6, and then you can charge after that. So the Gene Stealers have the... Their threat range is absolutely ridiculously big. It's like 32-inch threat range. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, with with nothing but a command point spent. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so powerful. And you need to be able to withstand that and shooting. So I put a unit of 30 uh, conscripts. Uh, I play Katachan, mm-hmm. and I just burn CP to keep them fearless. I don't care. Because mm-hmm. you're regenerating CP from your opponent and yourself. Right. So it's like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, I'll spin... You usually have to do it two turns to mm-hmm. make them fearless. After that, I just let them die. I don't care anymore. <clears throat> and considering the fact that I'm going to get probably two of those command points back, big deal. I don't care. So they still serve a really good function. And like you said, now I take five infantry squads. Mm-hmm. And I do a heavy bolter plasma gun on them, and it works. It's really, really good. I right. start combining them together, giving them orders that affects the whole unit. I think that the regular infantry squads is, is great. And uh, I think it's cool now 
that the, the conscripts are not so much vastly better, mm-hmm. that the basic infantry squad is a really appealing choice, which, cool, that's the, supposed to be the mainstay of their freaking army, and you right. never saw them before. Yeah. <laughs> and now you do. I think that's a net benefit for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. on to different topics. Sure. Uh, upcoming ITC events. We've got a, so many events in December, it's crazy. Uh, right up until Christmas. Yep. But there's tons of events all around the world. And I'm sure got, uh, Sweden, Canada, all over the USA. Australia. Australia. Hey, we didn't we didn't manage to offend any Australians today. Oh, uh, we should. We have a few more minutes. We should. Mariana's furiously shaking her head now. Uh, okay. But how about this, this name? You, for... you lucked out, Australians. How I have a the... couple good ones, too. This is a good one. This event's called the Moncato ITC Tournament at the Dork Den Ooh. in Moncato, Minnesota. The Dork Den. The Dork Den. It's insulting. The dorks. Should we talk about... <laughs> nah. No. There's no GTs, though. There might be, but sometimes people don't report to us that they're a GT. Oh, got it. Yeah, and we can't put it up there unless we they tell us, like, yeah, we hit GT or major status. Right. Uh, and there's also a, quite a few uh, Age of Sigmar events coming up, mm-hmm. including there's one in two weeks locally. Yeah, right? there is. I don't... It's not on here? He maybe hasn't submitted it to us yet. No, there is one. Uh... In case anyone local is is listening, uh, at uh, Addie's Games uh, in Miramar here, uh, which is also where they shot a lot of the uh, Top Gun movie. In Miramar? Yeah, Miramar Air Base. Oh, it was in Coronado. Well, but the, it took place at the Miramar Air Base. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so. yeah the place where they saw song you lost that living feeling. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's called the, like... And they had that cool scene. It's the barbecue joint. With the uh, lady... Right, that, that one. <laughs> well, the part with her, right, where he's like uh, chasing after her on his motorcycle is in Coronado. Okay. Uh, most of it was filmed here. Yeah. The, yeah. So, anyways. That's a little scene. So, but there are, yeah, some Age of Sigmar events. Are they all, they're not all in California this time, though. Huzzah. There's a lot in Canada. Brockville, Canada. Wow. You have to be a manly man to live in Brockville. There's three in Canada in uh, December. So, it looks like nice. the Canadians are picking up the slack here in Age of Sigmar. Indeed, indeed. That's great to hear. So your current 40K ITC rankings, uh, first place, Tony Grapondo has jumped up in first. Andrew Gagno is in second. Nick Nanavati, a.k.a. the Hot Rock, dropping through the ranks. Like was a, he in first? Yep. He was. Not anymore. Past tense. Now, you better get on your game, Nick. Jeez, slacker. So he's in third. Brandon Grant in fourth. Aaron Along in fifth. Matt Root in sixth. Tyler DeVry in seventh. Great night player, for those of you out there. Uh, Sam Henley in 8th. ninth is David Johansson and Trent Northington in 10th. You know who you don't see on there? Paul McKelvey. Paul, Paul McLevely. Paul Mick sucks because yep, he's, he's not on the top 10 So happy anymore. not to see you there anymore. <laughs> Paul is a good friend of ours, obviously, which is why we tease him. Um, and he also won the ITC the first year. It's true. Uh, AOS ITC <clears throat> rankings, Joe Cryer. I guess now he's just resting on his laurels. Yeah, he's retired. He's got like a new baby. <laughs> no, he still plays a lot. He's still very good. Yeah. He almost won the BAL, actually. Uh, Vlad Nika in second. Sam Valdez in third. James Thomas in fourth. Zach Lopez in fifth. Jarrett Zazueta in sixth. Alexander Gonzalez in seventh. Michael Birch in eighth. James Sutton in ninth. And David Rogers, the, all caps. Yeah, the famous robot, tenth. David Rogers. Do we know him? Hail human, I am David Rogers. If you guys don't know why we do that joke, which probably no one has any idea why we do that joke, it's because his name is in all caps, and it's the only name yeah. on the entire ITC list that's in all caps. All caps. Yeah. It's like, he's like John, I don't know how that happened. He John yeah. Hancock, that thing. 
So uh, Blood Angels, the uh, main tactical topic of today's show, uh, they are out now, or they will be on Saturday. Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they're going to make quite the splash in the competitive scene, and we wanted to talk about some of the things that we had found that had worked while playtesting them. Uh, so Blood Angels are, they really capture mm -hmm. the spirit of the army. You really want to play jump pack equipped assault units, that's what in their lore that's what they do and in the game the rules really reflect that uh, that is their strength and one of the things i always see blood angels players doing in my opinion incorrectly is because blood angels have so many badass full uh, force multiplying aura buff characters they take too many of them and it's too many toys not enough boys right like that's a chasing strategy whenever yeah. he gets down to key west <laughs> I was going to say, that's my Saturday night special right there. There you, go. there you yeah. go. So more boys, less toys. You have a better time. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> so one of the things you really want to do is decide on one or two units in your army that's <clears> going <throat> to be your hammer unit. It's going to be the unit that, that is going to do the maximum amount of damage. Like we were just discussing the cultist bomb for chaos, which is, in my opinion, their most powerful tool. No, it's not Magnus or Mortarian, although they're very good. They're mm -hmm. pretty easily killed. Right. Um, that, I guarantee you that Cultist Bomb is going to disrupt your opponent way more than Mortarian or Magnus yeah. will. You know what's yeah. funny, too? And frustrate them a lot more, too. It's funny because I was talking to some of friends that are hardcore competitive players, like ETC guys, um, uh, etc. And we were discussing, like, the current state of Chaos. And they were like, yeah, man, it's just too easy to kill them with, like, Dark, Dark Reapers and the Warlock Conclave. And I was like, oh, man, that's so funny. Because I, I wrote an article when Eldar came out saying, oh, the Warlock Conclave and the Warlock, which a lot of the Eldar community is disparaging and saying they're, they're not worth taking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here's this combo that's insanely powerful. And yes, it's the Warlock Conclave and Dark Reapers because they can cast a spell from 36 inches away beyond the ability for your opponent to, to dispel it. Mm -hmm. And you can jinx like Magnus, especially if you go first. Take him to a, a five plus invulnerable save on the first turn. He is dead. Yeah, he's dead. Like it doesn't even have to be dark reapers, although they're insane. They're they're a little too strong right now. <clears throat> um, it could be whatever. Shoot him with whatever you have. It doesn't matter. He's dead mm -hmm. at that point. And that's why the warlock conclave specifically is so powerful, especially if you use um, any kind of a transport vehicle like wave serpents, where they can hide mm -hmm. and they don't get blasted on the first turn. You're, you're almost guaranteed to do their trick at least once, and once is usually all it takes mm -hmm. uh that aside uh <clears throat> really really powerful uh that that one unit that gets a lot of focus um for blood angels it's in my opinion it's going to be usually death company and or sanguinary guard mm -hmm. death company did get a points break which i know a lot of blood angels players are kind of focused on they may be a little bit upset about but they didn't they, it would have not been fair in the slightest if they did in right. my opinion a uh, vanguard vet is 18 points and I think if Vanguard Vets a point too cheap, probably should have been 19. And the uh, Death Company are 20. And for that extra two points, you get a six up field no pain and plus one attack when you charge. Well worth it. Right. But the real strength of, of Death Company for Blood Angels is not in their basic stat line, although it's really good. It's in all the, the tricks and combos you can do with their stratagems. So, for example, they have a stratagem that lets you move a unit of Death Company specifically before the game begins. Mm -hmm. That's... <clears throat> bananas good and there's a couple reasons why it's so good for one it's after the c's roll so mm -hmm. you know if you're going first or second yep. so if you're going first 
obviously. You're like, oh, I'm going to have my jump pack equipped uh, death company move in advance before the game begins. That's going to be an average of 15 inches. Mm-hmm. Now you're more than halfway across the table. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, look, now it's my turn. Right. I'm going to jump again and I'm on you. I'm in your deployment zone. Right. And then <clears throat> that's when you, dro- you drop your character buffing guys around there. So maybe a librarian with a jump pack, priest of the jump pack, you know, you're hitting them with an unleashed rage to get the, uh, the plus one attack. Um, you know, you're getting a plus one strength from the priest and the ore bubble, and then you just hit him and, and you, you obliterate him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. And to be fair, the priest with the jump pack is no longer in the codex because they don't make the model. Uh, However, you could access it through the index because of uh, the gotcha. GW gotcha. released that well, flowchart. Um, yeah. It's because they don't, they don't have the model. There's not a model. Maybe. Yeah. And, but you can still access it. Yeah. But still, okay. But in general, character buffing. Yeah. You keep them safely. Guys that are going to come in from yep. reserve. Now, the, the other part of the reason why that stratagem is so powerful is because it's a move action. You can't be blocked by things like scouts. Mm-hmm. You can't, or nurglings, or whatever. They just fly over them, right? Well, yeah. As long as you don't come within an inch of an enemy model, just like a normal move. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very likely that they're not going to inhibit your movement as much as you would normally. Like, there's no nine-inch bubble. It's a one-inch bubble. Mm-hmm. So that is super mega strong, right? Like, oh, here's my scout screen that I'm usually counting on to keep you away from me. Mm-hmm. You jump over me or uh, you just move right up to me and you're still closer than you were mm-hmm. uh, by a minimum of eight inches because scouts and nerdlings and such have to be nine inches away from your deployment zone. That's insane. Yeah. It's an unblockable move. Crazy, crazy good. So in competitive 40K, screening and keeping space and distance is like one of the core uh, strategies to being to winning games, to being effective in the game. And so the ability to bypass that to a degree is extremely strong. The other thing they do uh, is uh, there's a strategy where when you deep strike, you roll 3D6 for your charge, which the average uh, roll for 3D6 is, is roughly it's 11. Um, that means if you're nine inches away, the odds are heavily in your favor that you make the charge, mm-hmm. especially considering you can use a command point to reroll one of the dice, which is better than rerolling all of them. Or you take Lamar days and you can just reroll all of it. Nice. Right. And yeah. Lamar days is, is going to be extremely prevalent. Right. And so there's another jump pack character yep. that would come down and just a night. I mean, you're going to demolish your opponent's whole line yep. when you come through. Yeah. So the way to run the blood angel, the death company, in my opinion, right, is play to their strength. Their strength is killing, is volume of attacks. So go Bolter, Chainsword, they're one of the only units that can do that. Mm-hmm. You drop down, you have 30 shots. This is why I like Dante personally, because mm-hmm. he re-rolls all sh- uh, shooting and melee. Mm-hmm. And you go 30 shots, maybe with re-rolls, you're gonna kill a ton of little guys. Right. And then you charge 3d6, and they're gonna have base two, plus one for the Chainsword, plus one for charging, so you're already at four. Um, you could do like Unleash Rage to go up to five. You could have the Sanguinor to go up to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's insane. They have a stratagem that gives you exploding sixes to hit, so that every six to hit, you get another attack. Uh, maybe there's a way you can get plus one to hit. Uh, if, it's against Black, if it's against the Black Legion, you have exploding fours. Nice. So then you mm-hmm. go in and you're, you're, you're pumping out like 100 attacks mm-hmm. from one unit, and if that is for some reason not enough, you burn honor the chapter and you do it again. Yep. And then you're, you, the, the death company can put out over 200 attacks plus 30 shots. You can be looking at 230, 250 strength four attacks out of one unit in one turn. That's insane. Yeah. 
with full rerolls to hit and then probably reroll ones to wound from the lieutenant. Yep. Not bad. That's insane. And in screen 40K, which is what competitive 40K often is, mm-hmm. uh, that's you're going to decimate your opponent. Right. All right. Uh, Eldar, a lot of the key Eldar strategies revolve around uh, wave serpents, right. which are minus one damage. Like, I don't give a shit. All yeah. my attacks are one damage. You're dead. I'm going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're minus one to hit outside of 12 inches? I don't care because I'm right on you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, <laughs> like, oh, there's guys inside. They're all dead too because I surrounded you. It, it, it's extraordinarily strong. Expect the unit to die, but it's going to take a couple turns because they're 15 strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just extremely powerful. You have Lamardes nearby. Mm-hmm. Morale's not going to really be an issue. They have all kinds of other fun stuff. There's banners that can give them. Um, uh, they can act again when they die. Uh, crazy stuff. Now, on the other side of that, you could kit them out with, like, Thunderhammers. Mm-hmm. And then go in and just just obliterate shit with Thunderhammers. I don't think that's the right way to play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's overkill. You don't you don't need that. Maybe a couple models. Yeah. Right. I mean, One you, or two. you could. Yeah. Just to have the high strength. It depends on what your strategy is. Like, if you right. wanted to just take one unit of Death Company to kind of be your answer to everything, mm-hmm. sure, go for it. But I don't think you need it because between the Red Thirst and possibly a Priest, mm-hmm. even if you go up against like Magnus, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be hitting him. Normally, you would be wounding him on fives because he's strength. He's T seven. You're already wounding him on a four uh, because of the red thirst. Mm-hmm. And then against a lot of infantry models, you're going to be wounding him on twos. Right. Right? Like, it's your damage output is through the roof with just your basic weapons. Right. So it's like, I, I'm of the opinion you just keep them cheap. I mean, you could throw a couple of Thunder Hammers in there. Yeah. It's, it's not going to hurt you or even just power swords. Right. It'd be really good. But I would prefer to take the Sanguinary Guard to do the, the to, to go kill the, the high. The really, really high value targets. Mm-hmm. Or assault terminators, you think? You can do it with assault terminators too, um, although they don't get the 3d6 charge. It has to be a jump pack. Mm. Okay. And then, of course, you have another key stratagem that lets you leave the table and then deep strike again in the same turn. So then you just do it again. Right. It's, it's so strong. It's so strong. But um, one of the things you have to remember as a Blood Angels player is that you want a lot of command points. I'd say nine in a minimum. Uh, so you need to think about troops, which Blood Angels players notoriously don't. Right. Um, I would say your, your best friend's going to be the age-old combo of scouts and tactical marines. Although um, uh, intercessors are really, really good with Blood Angels. Primaris marines in general are really good yeah. with Blood Angels. Um, Inceptors, I can't. I always get the dang names wrong. The, the tactical marine primaris. Intercessors. It's no, intercessors. No, yeah, Inceptors are the ones with the jump packs. Right. Yeah. Intercessors so the, are the, the basic tactical guys. Yeah. So you give a, a power sword, take a five-man unit power sword. They have two attacks base. Mm-hmm. With the Red Thirst, they're going to kick the crap out of stuff, and they're really good for going and taking objectives. Mm-hmm. And now with their lower points, I think it's 95 points all in for five with a power sword and a grenade launcher. Yeah, that's not bad. No, for what you get, it's amazing. And yeah. they, they kick the shit out of stuff in close combat. Right. Um, and you need those points. And you, you definitely, you always want to take scouts. If you're playing going to take space scouts. Marines, you just yeah. take scouts. You're crazy not to. You're not to. Playing, playing space marines. Take scouts. Yeah. <laughs> Pro tip. They're just too good not to take. Yeah. Um, and you need those <clears throat> command points. You got to think about that. And then you got to think about who's going to hold the backfield. I like tactical Marines for that. Yeah. Because they're, they're true. What do you think about tanks to hold the backfield? Yeah. Whirlwinds and stuff are pretty good. Yeah. Because uh, they went down in points. The Stalker went down in points. That's a mm-hmm. hidden gem. A lot of people are going to not pay attention to that. But with like someone like uh, Gabriel Seth giving a, a full reroll aura in the back, mm-hmm. they're, they're really good. Um, Although when you play minus one to hit armies, which are very prevalent, they're at minus two at that point. It gets a little rough unless it's like a wave serpent. But um, 
I like tactical Marines to hold the backfield because mm-hmm. three units of five tactical Marines can pretty much box out your whole deployment zone if you mm-hmm. deploy them correctly. And you just throw like, I, I use a heavy bolter and they just sit there and go pew pew and stand on the objectives and block people from going behind you. It works great for me. Uh, but uh, it may not scream power on, on paper, but when you're actually playing the game with board positioning, mm-hmm. tactical Marines are actually really good right. for that. So those are the things you want to think about. Um, we'll jump into the chat and see if there's any more questions. But in the meantime, uh, take a look at these beautiful Malifo uh, images that came out of the FLG Paint Studio. Yeah. So Mariana, if you can throw those up there, they're the uh, the pictures. Um, so yeah, we recently did a, a giant Malifo commission. This is for a, a returning client of ours who I think owns probably the whole Malifo line at this point. Um, one of our uh, studio artists did this, um, who's an avid Malifo fan, um, and they're gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Look at it. He did a great job. Yeah, this artist particularly does a really good job with um, choosing colors and uh, like complementing colors. Um, you know, it's just the blending. Look at it. I mean, you just. Uh, well, I can't even a, talk it up as much as. He's a he's a he's a classically trained artist, and yes. he's the son of a famous artist. Yep. Um, so yeah, consider us for your next paint commission. But we'll jump into the chat here and see if there's any more questions about Blood Angels uh, specifically. Uh, Blood Angels Intercessors Can't Take Power Swords, by the way, says doing a cron. Um, I don't have the book in front of me. I, I don't think Intercessors can take them at all. No, the, the sergeants can take power swords. Um, if I misspoke, I apologize. Thank you. Um, I will, I'll double check on that. I don't have the book in front of me. So, mm-hmm. um, But hey, thank you for correcting me. I don't want to tell anybody the wrong thing. Maybe that's different than Space Marines. Uh, yeah, maybe it was an oversight or something. Maybe it's something for the FAQ. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, Ray Run, is the Blood Angels relic the standard of sacrifice a red herring because it doesn't work with Descent of Angels at all? Models in range of close combat wouldn't be in range of the banner because it only works on models, not units. Same goes for Sanguine. Uh, well, no, you just have to, you have to consider a model positioning. The thing is, with a deep striking character with a banner, for example, you don't necessarily have to deep strike them. They're a character. You cannot target them. Mm-hmm. You can start them on the table, right? right? Like, um, and if you're a character, you could give him the. Oh no, he can't take the Death Company upgrade. But um, with a character that can take the Death Company upgrade, you can upgrade him to that, and then use the pregame movement that Death Company get, and have him jump up the table. So now their aura is going to be in better range. Right. Um, but yeah, for that banner, if you're trying to use the Sin of Angels to go into combat, it may not work unless they also make the charge. Right, if they also make the charge and, and they're with them, I see the banner as a de- as more of a defensive tool to help you get into position. Right, you can have him go up with your other units and marines that are moving up into to combat. Um, it may not work specifically with that combo all the time because mm-hmm. they would also have to make the charge. Uh, Sosin Carlson, how low do you think your drops have to be with a, a Blood Angels? Can you? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Sorry, the chat scrolled the question. Yeah, you guys are firing some conversations out. Uh, uh, on the DC. Uh, oh, it's hard to follow. I can't, I'm having trouble reading it. They're chatting too fast. How to, low do you think your drops have to be with uh, is based on the Death Company move stratagem? I don't. How low do you think your drops? How have many? To be? Yeah, how many units? Because you want to go if you want to get the plus one to go first. I mean, obviously, you want to try to go first if you're if that's you're going to be the main strategy. He's asking, or or she's asking, how if you're going to try to do that blood angel or the dark um, the death company uh, move first, like how should you tailor your army to try to go first? 
Oh no! You it's yeah. no. That's it's a situational thing. Yeah, you don't plan on using that one. That's yeah. oh gosh, here we go. Like uh, what? What I think is going to be the best use of it, generally speaking, is you have a character that starts on the board, and then you turn him into a death company character because you get the plus one attack. You get black rage. You get feeling six up feeling pain. Right. And there's another warlord trait that takes you up to a five up feeling pain, rolling ones, and you go for like Captain Smash Face, mm-hmm. and then oh, I won the role to go first. The opportunity presents itself. Here we go. Or um, another way to use it is say you're playing against Alpha Legion mm-hmm. and you know they're going to be infiltrating berserkers and stuff like that to get in your face and you know it's coming. So you start your death company on the table and then you move up to an inch away from all of his guys and move block him. So you sacrifice your death company, which is a major sacrifice. It's expensive, but you can stop the cultist bomb. You can stop berserkers. And with a 15 strong unit, mm-hmm. you can spread out so that you completely move block them. It's a it's sacrificing a queen, uh, it's, it, or you know, a, or a knight. Mm-hmm. But you could be stopping your opponent's core list strategy, mm-hmm. which is oh, I infiltrate up. If I go first, I move forward. Maybe I warp time and move again, and then I hit you with the cultist bomb. I hit you with berserkers, and I, I beat you on turn one, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a tool to let you totally cock block that strategy. Um, you're sacrificing one of your best units to do it, so you better be able to follow it up with a KO, but you know, if, if the, it's that or lose the game, I know what I would do. Mm-hmm. And the de- who knows, the death company might survive, you know, they, especially if you end up going first, they're gonna kick the shit out of your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what you need to, uh, that's how you wanna think about that. You, you use it opportunistically, right? Or maybe you are going second, but you can jump your death company into a building out of line of sight. Great. That's amazing. Then they jump out of the building and they go smash someone on the next turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Somebody was asking about uh, death company dreadnoughts. What do you feel about them running them off the table? Yeah. I mean, dreadnoughts, it, dreadnoughts are a challenge to play, right? They're infinitely mm-hmm. better than they've been in forever. Yeah. Um, but trying to run a dreadnought up the table without a lot of other threats to distract your opponent, mm-hmm. um, it, it's tough. You're probably not going to make it. Right. Uh, if you really want to deliver a dread, uh, consider the dreadnought draw pod. It's expensive, but you're paying for the opportunity to give your opponent only one chance to shoot him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do want to have dreadnoughts run up the table, if you're only sending one or two, forget it. You're, you're not going to succeed usually. Um, if you're using like a mechanized Blood Angels army, uh, which they have the really cool stratagem that lets them overcharge their engines and move an extra six, it's mm-hmm. great. Um, then you could do it because you have tons of threats that are coming up the field. Um, if you're dropping down a bunch of uh, Dark Angel or excuse me, Blood Angels mm-hmm. in front of your opponent, uh, then you could do it because the Dreadnought gets a couple turns to get up the table. Um, but it's a challenge unless you build your list specifically to deliver them into combat. Um, I, I'm a, almost more of the opinion that you want to go ca- counter assault and shooting with Dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel yeah. like you're going to get more mileage out of that. But um, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, people are going to have last cannons out there that are just going to hit you. I mean, a single dreadnought running up the table might look cool, but like to to an experienced opponent, they're going to just offhandedly take it out before they do what they're going to really do. They'll do it with with, uh, opportunity fire. Yeah. I'm going to shoot the things at you that can't shoot anything else. Yep. Uh, Sosin Carlson, how do you usually gear out your scouts? Blood Angel, melee Blood Angel scouts are really good, but the thing is, like, you really can't go wrong with scouts. They're shotguns so are the jam good. right now. I'm in love with shotguns. Yeah, the shotguns are actually yeah. really good. They go up to strength five. They're I, assault because you're always, usually, you're going to be advancing 
uh, the scouts first turn. Like usually will be. So yeah. I, I find that I like shotguns quite a bit. No, shotguns are great. I like yeah. bolters personally because it makes me really well-rounded. But the melee scouts are not bad. And the thing is, too, is like with the scout sergeant, if you're willing to, to gamble a little bit, mm -hmm. giving him a power sword and then the red thirst, dude, the guy can do some work. Yeah. The little guy could come in there and charge up. Power sword for four. a scout? It's only four points. Man. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, JD Esquire, how many unique 40K players do you think are going to be at the LVO? Um, oh, we have 512 in the champs, 100 in the narrative. 64 in the friendly. Um, we have, I can't remember how many are playing in the gladiator off the top of my head. Um, that puts us at like, what, six, 700? Uh, with attrition, I would say we're probably going to have 700 plus unique 40K players playing at any given time. It's pretty nuts. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Syriad. Uh, not Blade Angels, but how do you handle mob up with relation to kill points. Oh, that one's quite easy. Uh, it, they, they become one unit. So you have to, like, that's the, that's what's so good about mob up in um, scenarios and missions that use kill points is that you mob them up and you deny your opponent a kill point. That That's what makes mob up good. Mm -hmm. If you don't use kill points, then it's maybe it's not the best strategy for you. But um, I, we just played a game with orcs yesterday and I had an opportunity to use mob up. Instead, I took a big risk trying to get a bunch of points, and it didn't pan out for me. And I so should have used mob up. Um, it would have been much the better choice. But uh, what's the count for AOS all, and Shades? All the TOs asking about their events. Requisite? No, that's that's not Scott, is it? No, I don't think. Well, maybe it is. Nova Star is definitely the TO for that event. Yeah, the, the Night <laughs> Joust is at like almost 50. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, Requisite, um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Shadespire is at like 30-something, uh, which we're pretty happy with considering that there was zero information about the game or the event until like two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, Age of Sigmar, Champs, it looks like we're going to do about what we did last year, I think, right now. Uh, maybe a little bit more. We should be at 100 reg. Um, that looks about what we're going to realistically fall at. So... Pretty, we're really excited for that, too. Sorry, what Ruck was in. <laughs> I don't know everyone's handles. Sosin Carlson. Uh, this will be the last question here really quick. Oh, we'll get, we'll get two more. Uh, do you think it is possible to run a Storm Raven packed with some close combat units and a Dreadnought in a competitive setting? I do, but you run a big risk. It's, it's that you run the risk that the, your opponent can blow up the Storm Raven, which blowing up one Storm Raven is not that hard for a shooting army. No. And then, you're, you know... There are a lot of points, too. A lot of points. But... Yeah. I totally think you could do it. I would I, I run. Totally I would run close combat scouts and storm ravens if I was doing it. Um, in the storm raven, I would run. Just gosh, keep it cheap, man. Like I, I would probably run death company with no jump packs. Yeah, personally. But the thing, but blood angels are so goddamn good, and yeah. it, like jump pack characters are great for jumping over stuff and assassinating people. Um, can you can you uh, advance out of a um, storm raven like when you get it disembarked? Can you move yes. in advance? Shotguns. <laughs> Ten man units of scouts with shotguns. Give yeah. a power sword to the sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Uh, and then cheap. Very cheap. Hafrican, does opportunistic advance count as advancing? Uh, what are you what is what is opportunistic advance? Is that I think that's a Tyranid stratagem. I, I need context. I, I don't I don't unfortunately remember the every rule by their name off the top of my head. Um, uh, have you played Tested Blue Angels Brigades? Uh, I, I, do, I usually play a Brigade, Nightman 78, and Scout Bikers are insanely good. 
They are one of the best units in the game, in my opinion, for what you get. Uh, absolutely stellar unit. You will not be sad that you took three units of three scout bikers, Stormbolter on the Sarge to fill out your fast attack slots. They're, they're ridiculous, especially in the meta right now of, of lots of like cheap troops. Scout bikers are the, the cure to what ails you. They will blow through screens. It's crazy. And uh, last question here, Ray Run. Uh, how would you run a Sanguinary Guard Bomb as a big hitting unit? It's up to you. Go 10 strong. Take their banner to give them a 5++. plus uh, plus. You want a couple support characters of your of your choice. I like Dante for the full reroll aura. Mm -hmm. I know he's a little expensive, but I still think he gives you so much bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Sanguine aura is incredible. Um, would you give him a fist? I don't think they can take um, Thunder Hammers. Because the kit doesn't come with them. No, they could take power fists and carmine blades and in carmine axes, and it's really your choice. Right. Their Angelus Bolter and all the their guns went down in points. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, on a side note, a really fun unit to run is Vanguard Vets with a hand flamer and a chainsword. Mm -hmm. Hand flamer is only one point now, and it's auto strength three hits. And if you take a whole unit of them, you fly into a unit of like cultists or conscripts, and you're mm -hmm. like, you do so many auto hits strength three with their pistols. It's actually right. really good. Um, uh, very solid, but you can run the Sanguinary Guard however you want. I recommend going a full unit of 10 to get the most impact out of Honor the Chapter, uh, Descent of Angels, uh, any buff on them like Unleash Rage, mm -hmm. or put the 5++ plus plus Invulnerable Save um, spell on them, or Death Company, obviously it's mm -hmm. great. Uh, that, the, the Sanguinary Guard bomb is absolutely fearsomely strong. Uh, extremely, extremely good unit. Um, Blood Angels players, I think, are going to be very happy with it. And African King says it's the double the crack in advance move. Um, Frankie used it to move 20 inches in his last battle. Yeah. It's because crack in this, you roll 3d6 for your advance, double the highest, which means that the Gene Steelers would advance up to 20 inches. And he rolls a six like every time. So um, I, if you're asking if they can do that and advance, I would say like 99% no. But. Um, We'll wait for GW to FAQ it if it needs an FAQ, but I, I would not say that you could do that. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much. A lot of information in this show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Jason? Yeah. You're a good goat, sucker. Thanks, goat. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, can't wait to see you all at the Las Vegas Open. And uh, make sure to get your pre-orders in for the Dark Angels book on Saturday. You can still get a pre-order in for the Blood Angels if you want to. And we will talk to you all later. La, la, la.